0: Welcome to the Influencers Talk ZA podcast. The focus of this podcast will center around being a creative and how to navigate creative spaces in the music, fashion, film and art industry. We hope that you enjoy the show and have fun as you come along with us on this journey. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. We're here with the inferences talk essay podcast with your host with the most Norman Taj. And today with me, um, is a different guest than what we usually have. Today with me, I have a financial advisor, Granville Smith, a long time friend, colleague, and also a financial <laughs> advisor mm-hmm. for some of my reckless spending. But yeah, um, Granville, would you like to explain, uh, give people your resume so that they can know who you are?
1: Yeah, so um, like you said, I'm Granville Smith, uh, financial advisor at the Hereford Group. Um, I've been there for a period now of four years, prior to that I was with another short-term company, but I've been in this investment and insurance space for a period of five years now. Uh, very comfortable in this space, got a lot to, to offer, I'm very excited about what we can chat about today.
0: Yeah, I, I am also and one of the The reason why this episode is going to be different in comparison to all the other episodes is because today we're going to be speaking about financial literacy and what it means to actually um, have investments and also how you can grow your financial portfolio as a creative. With Granville highlighting a lot of issues that happen in um, the financial world and also for creatives and then along with what actually... Um, is the best advice moving forward for creatives especially here in Cape Town in a city that has such a strong economy but isn't necessarily um, accessible for creatives so yeah um first question Bramble. what I'd like to ask you is uh what uh, as a financial advisor and having clients who were in modeling what are the first um issues or red flags as they say nowadays on twitter that you noticed um about how creatives and um, creative companies go about certain endeavors and how um they end up spending costs but the costs don't necessarily go back to the hard-working uh people who are on the ground either be the model
1: or the photographer um yeah let let me know about that Okay, yeah, so when, when I start off this, I don't want to just pinpoint out um, creators itself. I think it's just a general issue um, and it starts with the basics, so it starts with budgeting. So what you find is that, um, not all creators, but what you find in the creator space is that yes, people do work freely, um, they do work um, sporadically, also they get jobs here and now and then, but what tends to be there's no consistency throughout that period, so there's no budget in saying, okay, this is how much it costs me to do a job, Um, this is how much it will cost me to sustain this business over a period of time, and also if I get a certain amount of income, how can I carry this over a certain period? So what I find, also what you find, in, and I think COVID was the biggest eye-opener for that, if you don't have a certain amount of savings in your account or for your business over a certain period, your business won't survive. Mm. Okay. So in general, what you're looking at, you're looking at two to three months. Now, in this case, you're looking at six months worth of savings at least, or two to three months, because you need to have money to put back into your business, or two to three months of savings to at least float yourself in times that you don't get business. Because let me ask this first. Is it fair to say that in sometimes in creative spaces, you don't get a job like a contract? It's not every Monday, every Tuesday, it's not like that.
0: No, very true. I mean, a lot of the time I find myself if I am not necessarily running things through my own uh studio then it's more most likely freelance work or like you said savings. So yeah there is no contractual obligations a lot of the time. So money is not it it's an assured it's assured only at a certain point
1: though. It's not a consistent. Yeah. And and that's the thing. It becomes consistent, let's say for lack of a better word, when you become a trailblazer in your industry, right? Yeah. But what we need to do is we need to make sure that while you're putting in that work, you can actually sustain this this journey so that you don't have to go to a real job. Exactly. Yeah. So that, that's what we need to do. So number one, you need to know where you're spending your money. You need to know how much you're bringing in. And then you need to know how much you need to carry your business for three months if you didn't get any clients or any gigs. So in that way you don't have to work under pressure some people do work under pressure while under pressure some don't but I feel like when you work under financial stress uh, it could maybe hinder creativity you can you can tell me Uh, but I think if you work under financial stress also what happens is you start to look at plan b Mm. plan b this plan b and then you're taking away from what you're trying to achieve in your own creative space so it sounds simple, but let me ask this, how many people do you know who actually do budget?
0: No, and that's a very good question for you to put forward because I know that's one of the struggles that I have with myself is not is the budgeting aspect but then also budgeting because as creatives we, we are our own um, small enterprises. So now and you are your own company at times, so now for you, you might necessarily be able to budget so that you can actually go find work, but you might not budget to actually invest in yourself. So that ends up becoming a problem. And now we see that artists are looking for new creative ways to be able to finance a lot of their project. And that's happened with the rise of NFTs. And but even with that, then you still need a budget to be able to engage with that. so i just wanted to ask what's your take on nfts and the whole um utilizing of cryptocurrencies
1: in the creative space so let me first start off from this point um as a financial advisor that's a space where i am where i legally advise on but this is my personal opinion yeah, so what I would say, it's an advantage for people who are already within the creative space to take advantage of just to boost maybe their portfolio of what they can do. But it does come at a cost. I did some personal research and so when you want to create an NFT, you need to, it costs you a certain amount of Ethereum, which costs for you just able to create the thing itself, The how can I say, the non functional token itself. So, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity that comes at a price. Um, so, when you do make money, basically, let's say from doing gigs and stuff, that's where the, the planning comes into play. If you want to enter into that, you need to set money aside for that um, and then you need to plan accordingly. The crux of, of what I'm trying to say is number one, you find out what brings you in the most value, how much money in. Number two, after you've, you've brought that in, how much it is to sustain your business. And then number three, you need to look at how much it will require to expand. And in that way you can know maybe where you're wasting money or where maybe you can be more creative to, to save money in terms of if you had like a space, do you need to rent a space or can you have online shuttles? Just those small things. No, uh, that's very
0: true and a lot of people are moving towards um, a lot more electronic things and did, um, digital platforms, you see that with the fourth industrial revolution which is something I feel that a lot of creatives um, are not necessarily joining quick enough, but I think that has to do with the problem of creatives um, ourselves, because um, creatives either come from two, I I like to think of two branches of of school of thought. It's either to be, um, to highlight um, social issues or and um, try and fix them or change them or to rebel against um, what is the status quo. So a lot of the time you find a lot of creatives and in their endeavors instead of actually promoting a lot of people to jump onto the NFT bandwagon they won't necessarily tell people to do that because they themselves are still skeptical of cryptocurrencies. Whereas and for me as someone who does invest but also is looking at different um, platforms and streams of income and just trying to grow my own base and grow my own way of thinking is that there's nothing in this world that's a sure thing.
1: Yeah. But there is, okay, Not nothing is a sure thing. So let me just put it this way. So there's two areas, so you have obviously your crypto space in that. but what you can guarantee, there's certain things, not guarantee, but which are more reliable and have stood the test of time. Normally you have discretionary investments, so that's your unit trust and so on. Those are the things that I would say um assist in planning towards your business. So if you want to open um a store, if you want to put a down payment on a building, you would invest in a unit trust base, something that is conservative over a year basis, so that you put the money in and when you come at the end of that period you have it and you can act upon it. Mm. Um, Or if you want to take money aside and you want to save for a 5 year period, you can be more aggressive, 10 years and so on, so those are the things that you can use. Um, Then also what you have is you also have have tax-free savings accounts. So what that is, that's generally a long-term investment. That is for retirement purposes. Yeah. But let's, let's let's talk um serious in terms of I'm not sure, let me not speak on all creatives. It can yeah. also be used for a different purposes except for retirement, because there are Retirements retirement in each other. So what happens is as a South African you have a limit of five hundred thousand Rand that you can invest into this, any interest, any returns and so on on this is tax free. So if you let that grow for a certain period of time, five to ten years or plus, you can always use that for your business or leave it and use it in your personal capacity. Yeah. So these are tools that you have. So when it comes to advice, advice can be given on that. On the on the crypto space, it is at your own risk. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> it is highly volatile. Um, but I guess there is, on a personal message, there is a future for it. Um, but for creators, it's an opportunity, man. I mean, It's an opportunity to sell what you have on a different platform. Why wouldn't you want to do that?
0: No, very true, very true. And I mean, that's why I actually wanted you as a guest here because one thing that I have come to realize is that a lot of creatives don't necessarily... I believe a lot of creatives wait for a lot of validation from the outside world to see themselves as professionals in whatever they're doing instead of actually looking at the quality of their work and the time that they've put in. No, uh, no. So a lot of the time, a lot of creatives, and I've worked with videographers who are freelancers, but they will take on certain projects to pay the bills, but which isn't a problem. I mean, everyone has a job to make sure that the lights and the food at home But now my issue that comes into this is when you actually don't try and find different streams of income so that your creative process isn't hindered by the fact that you need to pay the bills.
1: But so I think sometimes people are too tough on themselves with that and why I'd say that is because if you're doing, if you have a staple job to you which might seem mundane right, but aren't you putting hours in when you're doing this job? Yeah. And when you do something over a consistent period of time, and the more hours you do, you do get better at this. So I think maybe sometimes people might be too tough on themselves. I mean, it adds value and you never know, it could create, it makes you skill more skillful. So over the long term when you're doing other jobs, <clears> that <throat> groundwork or the stuff you don't like doing or the stuff you do to pay bills will add value in a different space. No, very true, very true.
0: Um, yeah, uh, like, I, I'm, I'm glad that you actually put it in that perspective, um, speaking about the groundwork, because a lot of the time that's actually the element um, that's also left out is the financial aspects of it. Um, I was just talking to another producer, friend of mine, who actually um, quit. He, he, after finishing Varsity, he actually worked in an office space and then he quit his job now because now he can finance um, his musical uh, career and his choices in terms of production the quality um what he's able to reach out to so i completely really understand you when you talk about the groundwork and i think that's just that's maybe the crux and the essence of why you're here is to speak about why is it that creatives don't actually want to look at um financial management as a crucial element in the execution of creative process
1: or whatever they're doing yeah and i think it's 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 so important i mean if you want to execute on anything you need to have finances it needs to be built on something you need to be bringing money through your door and you need to be handling it in a in a way that can sustain your business um, just to point on what you were saying you're saying so someone has now enough cash flow to basically be creative. That's what you're saying. With yeah, HR, yeah. And that's what you want. I mean, even like like you were saying about the other jobs that guys might say hinders their, their creativity. But if it brings in if it brings in income, it gives you a platform to work on. If you don't bring in anything and there's no savings plan and you are working now and then you're moving back and forth. There's no consistency. So I think it, it comes back to like when we started the conversation saying. Okay, how much money do I need to put out, for an example, say I need to put out a certain amount of songs in a week, or I need to pay someone to mix and master, I need to get studio time. Okay, how much would that be in a period of three months? I can make out so many hits, um, this will cost so much. So when I have gigs, I need to obviously store a little bit of money. Maybe if there are no more gigs, no money coming in, at least I have enough money to pay for the next period, which might create the next song, which gets me paid going forward. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I don't know, I think it's, a, yeah, it's, it's kind of about self-discipline in terms of just setting things aside and saying, okay, this is how much I earn and this is how much I need to run the business and saving enough to run the business if you had no income for a period of three months and above. Okay. Okay.
0: No, and that and that makes a, a, quite a lot of sense because now when you broke it down like that, it actually makes any creative dream a lot more acquireable, even for myself. Um, seeing how you broke it down in a three-month schedule, um, sometimes six. But now, what a question that I'd have because what I, from something that I've noticed. Um, mm-hmm. like when I when I was doing research for this particular podcast was that you find a lot of artists don't actually end up even breaking even. Um, for example, the rapper, Joanne Lucas, um, he was saying, if I'm correct, only after five to eight years of um, one of his primary investors who invested 500,000 years dollars into his career, hmm. only then did they break even. So now you get uh, a lot of people who might want to play it safe and play the slow game and now this comes into one of my bigger questions do you believe in investing in yourself or rather trying to invest in something else or acquire other investors so that you're able to fund your creative endeavors or your small enterprise because as i said every creative is their own brand is their own company it just depends on how you see yourself and how you carry yourself.
1: Okay, so the first I will get into, so there's two parts to that. So the first part you're saying, getting other people to invest into you to, to drive your, your idea. Yeah. Okay, so when people do that, are they willing to share with what they create, firstly?
0: Yeah.
1: Because obviously you can have to, because I'm not giving someone money and then they create something beautiful and then there's no percentage in that which is mine. So that's the thing. So people are people, you have to be willing for that and when you say invest in yourself, are you saying using your own money in terms of from what you create, okay? So is that you having a job while doing being creative or is that just getting money from being creative? Um, that's actually well, a very good question. I would say because um, I, I think when you start with creative, it's sustainability. Are you able to sustain yourself while creating, if not? there's a big chance you might have to work, whatever it is. If you're not willing to work and you want people to pay into what you have, are you willing to share what you create?
0: No, and that's very true. I mean, that's why you see so many um, web series, um, like inventions such as like podcasts, so that um, streams of income can come in, so that there's bigger and better plans ahead and people can now diversify the portfolio of creativity but like you said so that they can make sure that there is money coming in to be able to have a uh, creative output yeah so no that's actually a very a, a big thing to look at because uh like i said
1: like I don't, yeah so i just want to say that i think people mustn't to be tough on themselves they eh? don't put anything that brings money in doesn't matter what job it is to to help you to to maybe achieve it might sound cheesy but to achieve what you want to do or create I think that's important until to a point where you can sustain yourself. No, that's... There's not. There's nothing that's not. How can I say? That, even if it's not even associated with your industry, whatever you do. I mean, if you have a night job and then you work in the day and then at night you create. It's, it's still.
0: No, very very true. I mean, like I've always looked at it like that. That if you if you want to be your own boss or if you want to run your own brand you have to be able to f- um crowdsource funds and sometimes crowdsourcing funds are, unfortunately not every single time i try and acquire funds or like get it from someone like you who is in a student chat. sometimes it's from the the regular old joe and now people need to be able to learn that like i i want to have that perspective doesn't matter who's giving me the money money is money i value it from that perspective not from, okay, um, Granville Smith, a financial advisor, give me this money. So now I need to make sure that this project suits the needs of Granville, who's invested. Whereas and I find that that's a lot of the issues that we find with a lot of creatives. You look at um, a lot of the independent um, fashion designers, rich from Rich Nisi to, Um, Galaxy Boy and uh, what's the name Um, uh, Marcoso with uh, um, yeah with is it Leduma? and Marcoso here Um, and you see uh, with Galaxy Boy with Galaxy Boy they actually are they're pretty much entering the fast fashion trend theory whereby they're making luxurious items but at a very cheaper price with their own logos by reproducing certain um aesthetics, either from um, Gucci, whatever it may be. Who funds I'm not too sure who really funds that, but they're one of the companies that's getting quite a lot of returns on their products because, like I said, they are catering to everyone. Everyone wants to have high-end products. Everyone wants to look beautiful. I mean, I myself, right now, I'm rocking Tommy Hilfiger. Everyone wants a brand, but nobody necessarily... A lot of people don't want to invest in local startups like that so now my what I'm trying to get around to is with that happening what would be your best advice for someone who is starting out and is really looking to grow themselves within that regards what would your advice be as Granville Smith in terms of how to actually execute your idea if you are a fashion designer and how to go about it without you necessarily feeling that you are at a loss because a lot of these designers that I've mentioned, um, some of them burst onto the scene and go quiet for years and then come back bigger and better or some of them start off with a trajectory that sends them into Europe but they're not as recognized here
1: nationally as globally. Okay. Um, I can't speak on, on the, the the artist part like when the guys come and go I think maybe that's just on the greatest space and how good they are mm-hmm. but so let me just break it down so it's like almost like you're asking how would you do it if you in a startup to be creative and how would you find that yeah so number one um, it's either you, you get someone to, to sponsor you <laughs> that would be obviously the best I mean um, crowdfunding or so on but um, if someone gives you a large amount of money you probably have to share that. I think you, and the second one is if you, you'd have to work. I mean like, like a, it comes back to you to have to have something that brings in income. You can't just sit and create and have no the bottom line. There needs to be money that's coming in mm. because people can only sustain you for so long if someone's giving you money Mm-hmm. Um, so in the beginning it's gonna, you're going to have to put money in for yourself if that is from you maybe selling from your garage or doing it on the Instagram page or whatever. Just trying to cut cost. Transpend is minimal money uh, but you're going to have to bring money in somehow. Either expense, If you get, someone gives you money for a startup or you have a job already which funds your startup. It's either you have a job and a side hustle until this makes more money than this and then you move across because you can yeah. sustain yourself or you're over here and someone gives you money and then you can go with that but that also only goes to a certain point because if you don't succeed then you're also going to dry up. Yeah. so I always think it's best to do something for yourself because in that way you have a better understanding of what it means because if you work yeah. for a whole month and then you create something with that and it brings in no money you will feel that because you just spent the whole of October at a day job, working whole night, and then the next month nothing's like happening. Yeah. People aren't purchasing stuff, so maybe that will give you some drive. I don't know some because that makes it more it's more personal instead of someone obviously giving you money and then hoping that it works out in the end. I think, and also I think people just hand you money once you create an end for yourself. Yeah, yeah, you know,
0: and yeah, and that's why I always okay. go back to that idea. Sorry, Patrick, but yeah. that idea of being a brand and a business as a creative because yeah. a lot of people wait up until they get recognition from others before they add elements of professionalism to what they're doing. And the, the, the notion of professionalism, from what I've seen from people like you and other um, people who are in the corporate space. Is that it's something that's ever evolving. But creatives now try and um release um it doesn't be it fashion or be it music, they try and release as if they were in the corporate space. And I've always found that to be problematic because then you're setting high like for example, uh, uh, I'm a piano I feel is groundbreaking because they have taken um elements of the corporate world that um tomorrow's a new day well today's a new day and um there's new opportunities tomorrow so they always consistently growing and we get to watch the small or we get to watch their development um the same way we would with um any small company that grows into a multinational corporation and what you see in that is you see a lot of i i would like to tell people this that as creatives don't put high standards on yourself because you have circumstances and situations whereby and we've had whereby you go grocery shopping and there's an item that you're looking for in the grocery store and they don't have it now, will you deem whatever company it is, be it Spa, Pick and Pay, or Woolworths as unprofessional for not having um, that specific product? No. No, exactly. You will rather look at it from the perspective of, okay, these guys, um, it, like just like in any other business. I mean, they, just good, don't, they just don't
1: have it. Yeah, exactly. Good days, bad days. Yeah, it could be, or maybe someone like someone bought it before so many reasons. Exactly, and that's what I feel like a lot of
0: creative need to understand, is that roll with the punches, keep on going, because there's going to be so many reasons as to why if you hold yourself to an impossible standard, then you're going to give yourself the
1: the room for creating excuses. Yeah. Also, I wanted to ask, in the space, how how is it with, with, in terms of can I say, that's the question I'm asking, how do people take it when their stuff doesn't take off in the Kirtan scene? Wow. Artists, um, it, and, is that, and, and is that personal or is it something that's happened now as a... Um, okay, so
0: I'll be able to answer that from the perspective of both personal and observational, because Um, one of the reasons why we do this podcast is I believe that as creatives we all have an obligation and that obligation is to necessarily be the teacher but in your own regards. Um, It doesn't matter who you're teaching or who you're influencing, just necessarily means how you're going to execute it. So that being said, um, it depends exactly where you are. Um, I myself am in years into my own career music wise production wise um this year um finally got into fashion I haven't sold the jackets but i also haven't marketed them but um uh, if, uh, if you're speaking to me five years ago but i didn't have a plan and i had this unrealistic idea of what the Cape Town creative industry is, you think of Hollywood and you see how they're living and you think that there's always just going to be someone throwing you money because that's so free. Uh, yeah, because you're creative. But even there,
1: people don't throw everyone money. Exactly. It's, like, it's, it's
0: an unrealistic. I don't know, but
1: I'm just, I'm just thinking it's just that doesn't happen anywhere. There's no free lunch. Yeah. And, the, and, and, and I like the fact that you said there is no free lunch, so... People don't
0: necessarily look at anything from outside of that perspective and they're looking for the next big score so what I've come to notice is that a lot of Cape Town creatives are either underground and what I mean by underground is they're not showing face because right now they're creating a lot but what they're creating isn't as lucrative as they had imagined so now they don't want to make it seem as if it's a full-time business venture which i find to be is that that's self-limiting
1: is a self-hound yeah. but i don't want to now. but also for me to sit in this chair and, and say that that's the uh i don't know if it, you know what i'm saying you can't just walk around and saying this is people are being self-limiting you never, never really know no it's very
0: true but i mean and you and that's why it's perfect because you're a financial advisor and I
1: myself am in the creative space. So is so mm-hmm. it can make that critique. But um, then but then is it also what I wanted to ask, is that self-limiting in being creative, or do people generally lack funds?
0: Um I've I've come to realize it's it's not a thing of lack of creativity, it is a thing of fear of funds, or, or fear of lack of funds, or fear of not succeeding. And that's why i try and tell artists look there's don't bank on having an illmatic um if you're a rapper having an illmatic like Nas, because you could be like eminem where his first actual project only sold a thousand copies everything since then has been platinum or multi-platinum so now with that being said if he had to sit around and hold himself um, to that standard of only having sold a thousand plus copies in his first um, professional venture. Now, and he felt some type of way about it, we wouldn't have the m M&M that we have. So I do believe that you should value and appreciate what you do, but like the example I gave with Amapiano, and seeing how they're rising and they're growing, that there's no need to be self-limiting because at the end of the day,
1: this wall, this time will pass. Okay. Then I, then I have a question quick, when people, in general, this is your opinion, when people do you get paid in Cape Town, what do the people do with their money? Um, yeah, a lot of do people... people do, you, wait, do people talk about it, do you guys talk amongst each other, and what happens? You, you see, Cape Town is very clicky, so it depends which people
0: you're talking to. If you're talking to people in the fashion industry, people in the fashion industry are a lot more open about the realities and the costs of their business. But people in the music industry, nobody wants to actually say that um, they're either um, putting coins together for an Uber to an event, or they're putting coins together for a music video or for, uh, what's that, releasing a song. And that's why you see a lot in the hip hop industry, especially here in Cape Town, the only person that is breaking status quo is Youngster CPT by consistently releasing that. And now what that does is, we now value Youngster as a whole, as opposed to the one project. Whereas in here in Cape Town, people overvalue the Product which they're releasing, someone will take a whole year to release one song, and they plan it for the December, uh, key December, boss, summertime. But then it doesn't pick up, and now yeah, it's so flooded. It's so flooded, and then now who's who's to blame? Because you actually might and you have spent all your money on that exactly, and you might have done the right business marketing, you might have done the right music creation, but it doesn't sell because. Let us not act as if a lot of things in business aren't also based on right place, right time, and luck. And now a lot of people will be disenfranchised um, dis- or they'll try and find different routes yeah. to now creating something and they'll change the entire artistic um, portfolio or their aesthetic. Whereas in, it's not a failure, it's just a lesson to be learned that, like I said, don't overvalue what you're doing, give it to the people for them
1: to be the judges, not you yourself as the creative. Yeah, but then you also need to put out more consistently, I guess. Just put out as much as you can, as cheap, at, at, at the lowest cost. Yeah. If you can, I mean, that's what it seems like. It seems like, cause, I mean, like you, you said, now there's a fear of running out, also people struggling to get to events and stuff. So, so try and minimise your, your expenses. That's it.
0: Oh, and I, I enjoy that a lot. Um, and I've just got, um, in closing, I've got three questions that I necessarily want to ask you. Um, or let me put it to you like this. What are the three things that you'd want anyone listening here in Cape Town or globally to take away from this conversation that we've just had? Um, what are the three things that you'd want them to implement as a financial advisor, as someone who's my friend and has helped me with my own career and trying to advance myself, what is it that you would tell someone who's listening and starting out right now?
1: Uh, okay, so what do I would say? I would say um, try and minimise your spending for what you're trying to create without taking away from what it is you're mm-hmm. okay, and in that way maybe you can do it more consistently instead of trying to put in so much money into one project and so on, but I guess that's a personal choice. Then also, secondly, I'd say try and have enough money put away that can sustain you for a period of two to three months if there's no income coming in from your creativity or you're not getting any gigs or so on. And if you can't do that, try and get a job, a regular job, job, to maintain yourself and to put into your own business so that you can create, there's no shame in that. Um, and then I think the last thing, it's not, it's not even about finance, it's just just to keep at it. I mean, just to stay consistent, the more you do it, the better. I think it's, for me, when I look at creative, it looks like, almost like survival. The people who stay in the yeah. longest, stay in the longest, it's either you have the knack and you have a break or you stay in the longest and over time you'll have your opportunity. Yeah. And uh, I hope for yourself. And I wish you all the best at that, in that moment that you are prepared, because sometimes you get to a time where people say, can you do this gig, you perform, you weren't ready at that time. Yeah. It doesn't work for you. So that, that's what I'd say.
0: No, I'm glad that you've said that because that's something I've also necessarily wanted to teach a lot of, like I said to you, that as creators, I believe we have an obligation um, to either. Show the world how we see things, or teach the world something. Mm. So, and I always believe in teaching people that look. Um, if you are a music producer, that is perfect. But don't look just to only make club music or music that is on the charts. A lot of the time, it's synchronizations or online, or what or selling online can help, you can get placements, I know someone who just got a placement, and they're based here in SA, they got a placement on um, NBA 2K, the new one that's going to be released, and that person still also produces for rappers at the same time, so um, I've, always, I've always believed in, like I said, as an artist, you are a brand, you are a company, and I like to think of a company as something that provides for the people because you are giving a service. So don't only have one meal that you can serve people because what happens if people aren't ready for or do not like only having a chicken briyani? <laughs> then you're going to go out of business if you can't really serve that chicken briyani. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's all the time that we have today, folks. Uh, Gramble Smith, thank you so much for. Entertaining us and also being able to give um, this informative discussion with regards to financial literacy financial advice and also the questions which you posed which now add the aspect of Reflection both for myself and for our listeners so that they can see things aren't necessarily as one-dimensional I like to believe in fluidity Mm -hmm. um, both in business and in the creative space um, there's not a lot of black and white, there's a lot of grey area but you need to learn how to move in that grey area and I feel you've helped in that, Um, the, thank you so much for your time, thank you for being here, it's honestly been a pleasure to have you and it's been an honour to host you,
1: I don't know if you have any last words for our guests? Yeah thanks Thanks for having me firstly and then I hope some of obviously we didn't move around, we had like a nice conversation and stuff but I hope that Whatever you took from it, you got value from it. Um, and I hope that you can use that. And yeah, I mean, if, if, if you need more explaining, just, I don't know, probably contact you, contact me, just let me know. I'll make it clear. We'll have Gramblesmith's details on our Instagram page so you can DM, DM
0: yeah. him. He's a financial advisor, he will help you stay away from being broke. <laughs> so, this is the Influencers Talk podcast hosted by Nalman Taz, sponsored by Iconic Black. With me is Gramble Smith, and we're here to say over and out. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Influencers Talk ZA podcast. We hope you enjoyed this engaging discussion. Please like, share, comment, and subscribe on the platform that you're listening on. Have a great day, and once again, Thank you for listening to our show.